Drive-Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 subscribers. News of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Beaton. Our top story is basically the only story. I, I should have seen this yesterday. I guess I wasn't paying attention to the news. But as I woke up, and I guess maybe when I was going to sleep last night, all these reports of Putin bombing Kiev. Now, I have to say, I did not see that coming. I am not much of a chess player. I guess that guy is. He's got, you know, as I thought about it, I completely understand why he's doing it. And through the course of the show, we can lay that out. He is bombing military targets, specifically airports, and attempting, in his words, to demilitarize, denazify, and decommunize Kiev in an effort to defend the eastern oblasts, which is those independent uh, provinces that he recognized their independence, but also Russia itself. And this is actually, he really laid out in a speech just on the 21st, the importance of Ukraine not being in NATO and how aggressive NATO is. And I mean, I'm going to read some of those uh, pieces of the speech later on in the show, but it really clarifies why this does feel like what is popular to say an existential crisis for him. Now, of course, Biden's approach is totally different. He says that Putin is invading Ukraine as a first step to reconstituting the USSR, to even expanding further into Europe. So as a response, Biden is sending an additional 7,000 troops to Germany, and he insists that everything that he is doing is 100% to defend NATO countries, which are around there. NATO is basically taking over all of Europe, and it's important to note that NATO's commander on the ground is always a U.S. general named by the U.S. president. So you can think of it as basically 30 European countries being controlled by the U.S. military, and we're... We're uh, augmenting them, their forces now. Now, he also said there's just so much about the NATO thing and and that how we got here in Ukraine that I'd like to get into later. But I want to address what Biden was saying today. He said this I thought was interesting because I did that deep dive on why do they keep referring to a 70s style energy crisis? And then Biden said He will protect Americans from pain at the pump with all the tools at his disposal. So he's saying he wants to insulate us from rising price controls. And he said he wants to stop suppliers from exploiting high prices. Now, we talked about how high prices are how you get more product to the market when there's a supply problem. That's when people will turn up their production. They'll use reserves that they wouldn't otherwise use. He is saying that he's going to allow the U.S. kind of government reserves to go into effect. But I'm a little worried that he's going to put in price controls. And what that actually does is create a terrible shortage. It creates terrible shortages. And then you would have more of this lockdown feel, if not actual lockdown laws. But lockdown, like nobody's going to drive if you can't get any gas. I mean, it would just be as we come out of the pandemic, you push. That's another Zoom thing to do. Now, he did say, may God protect the people of a free and democratic Ukraine. I'm absolutely going to give the lie to that by the end of the show. And God bless our troops. 
if God would bless them, they would probably just turn around and go home before that could happen. Biden, uh, one thing I thought was really funny and weird is like he was actually calling on people and answering questions and he seemed to be coherent. And I am definitely the last to the party that this guy is incoherent. But even I was surprised that he was like coherent enough to answer questions. And then he literally did you see the presser from like an hour ago or whatever it was? I can't hear you. You're muted. But what he did was he picked, he picked up a piece of paper to read the name of one of the reporters he was calling on. He clearly had a list of the reporters he was to call on in order. And I think there's basically no question that ever since I think it was Obama, the reporters submit their questions in advance, which you might think is OK, except for what you're doing is allowing someone to script the answers. So you don't get any sense of what Biden really thinks or understands. He's just reading words off a page. So I am I'm very worried that like the the fleeting thought occurred to me. And I mean, I, I am not thinking this, but that at the very highest levels, everybody likes war. It's it's war is the health of the state. Putin wants it. Biden wants it. They might even be conspiring to get it. But I just that's what I thought. That's I, I suggested just, that a couple. Of weeks yeah, ago. I yeah. can't. I'm not. I can't. I, that just doesn't feel right to me. But like I said, like this is a level of chess where people are moving pieces. I didn't even know they were allowed. You know, pieces are allowed to move in that direction kind of thing. Like, oh, the knight can do an L, like, you know, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, wow. So Putin's words found I found interesting because they were very logical and it seemed like his interests were aligned with the defense of Russia. I mean, that's the really shocking thing that there's a, a statesman on the world stage who seems to be aligned with this country's um, defensive interests. Uh, maybe people inside the country would say they don't want anything to do with that. They'd rather move towards Europe. But I've got some interesting things to address that from his speech and other stuff. I, I'm a little worried about what the nature of these sanctions are, retaliation. I don't know if I was telling you, I talked to somebody about the cyber stuff. Apparently, the cyber attacks are very real. Russia's good at it, and they're, it's happening. It's probably happening in both directions. I start to worry if, I wonder if Obama's poison pill that he left there is going to go off at some point. Things are escalating in like every sphere, financial, cyber, military. It's interesting. That's part of one of the things that they want to sanction, according to Biden. And I saw some articles before his speech leading up to this saying, here's how you can use the sanctions to devastate Russia's tech. So prevent them from being able to develop these cyber weapons, develop their military, other stuff think, like that. I think Russia shut down, like geofenced itself so that it looks like all their sites are down out of Moscow, like all the government sites are inaccessible. You can't pull their web pages up. That was the last I saw. So they could be shoring themselves up against that. Yeah. So one of the explanations that I'm hearing, you referenced it yesterday, how Macron kind of psychoanalyzed Putin or gave his, you know, assessed his psyche. I heard a bunch of other people say after this started last night, well, what happened is during the pandemic, Putin got locked down and went crazy. And now he's really insane. Yeah, I heard really? a lot of people saying that That's as funny. their explanation. And for me, I not that these are the only two options. I tend to lean more towards they all love war and they all might be frenemies in on this a little bit. As opposed to just one guy in a lockdown who was never really locked down going crazy. That's that's a little bit of a ridiculous explanation. But oh, go ahead. 
No, I just I, I don't think that he was locked down or went crazy. But at this point, I'm starting to think of it's more as the way like Giuliani tried to go to Ukraine and get his beak wet. And they were just like, get the fuck out of here. And oops, sorry. And uh, and that that like I think this is all about money, oil money, um, territorial stuff. I just I, I think that it's actually down to that. And I think the, you might people might actually you know the dogs might actually be fighting over the stake here. That is that's a possibility. Here's one of the things that I think is going on here. I think that this is another part of the Great Reset. It's definitely the first war of the Great Reset era. This is the first war. It's a new kind of war. It's a different war. It's a war that is being it, it's not a world war, but it is a war that the world is watching. More people are watching this war than have ever watched a war on, on the sidelines at any point in time in human history. And what this does is this puts the competitors in this war in this television drama, and they're very much treating it like a television drama with the music and the... I, I heard a guy on CNN today say that we're spiraling into the end times. The way they're talking about it is so dramatic and the propaganda on each side. It's a television event. It's the hottest thing on TV right now. And what happens with that is the world is going to see winners and losers. The entire world is going to judge the countries as winners and losers. And really, a competition is being framed as Russia versus NATO. NATO is a puppet of America, Russia versus America. And right now, it appears that America is going to be the loser on the world stage, having their position weakened in the eyes of the global community, absorbing them, no longer a leader, but more of a, a player cooperating with NATO. This is exactly what the Great Reset is all about. I did hear the warmongers on Fox saying, oh, if we let him get away with this, next is going to be the Middle Eastern countries and China, and they're going to all do their thing as well. Yep. So they're definitely doing that. But we control NATO. So I've, if NATO, yeah, I mean, our reputation, I think, rises and falls with NATO. NATO, yeah. NATO, EU, I think that this is part of knocking America's influence and power down on the world stage as China rises up. Because I asked the question, this is how yes, another way I, I, I did think that too. Yes. Yeah. yes. Who is winning this war really? China's winning this war. Right. Because America right now and CNN, this is one of the things that every network, every news network agrees on. America looks like losers on the world stage right now. Yeah. In the most watched war in human history, America looks like losers. Why do you keep calling it that? You think it's more than it's Vietnam, being live streamed? It's people? TikTok. It's social media, and more more eyes have access to this okay. ongoing war, even though we're watching propaganda right. than anybody's ever watched okay. in human history on the on the sidelines. And so they're judging America, and America just is looking. At least they're being framed as weak according to the way it's being reported across the outlets. Biden's being framed as being weak with his sanctions, and he should have done more. And all he did was announce more sanctions today, and now people are begging for war. And China here is sitting there seeing the, the leader right now fall so to a certain extent. And they are cooperating with America's arch rival, who also happens to have the most nukes in the world, that's a plus plus for China, who also works with the Great Reset, whose president gave yes. the keynote speech at Davos just yeah. back in January, where he talked about how China, they got through the pandemic despite all the trade problems. They still raised their GDP uh, past expectations. And the Great Reset people, Klaus Schwab, they praised the Chinese model of governance. They bash America's democracy because it gets in the way. They 
the the corporations, the corporate fascists are modeling themselves off of the yes. Chinese ESG yeah. social governance standard. And this is serving the Great Reset, this yes. whole Ukraine war. Yes. And I think this is a good place to separate out the idea that our elites and the money elites and the globalists are actually associated with nation states. So maybe the yeah. U.S. looks bad or the EU looks bad or whatever. But ultimately, maybe it's more about the energy, the energy trade than it is about what nations look good or bad. Right. So so Biden has thrown has sold the U.S. down the river, the people of the U.S. down the river since the beginning of his involvement in Ukraine for in order to line his own pockets. That's my opinion, my conclusion. And when Victoria Newland came back from Ukraine and the Maidan stuff in December 2013, which was like just when they were sparking this thing, she was reporting to she came back to report. I think it's like the U.S. Ukraine Foundation or something. And behind her were two giant logos, just like I've got flowers here. One said Chevron and one said Exxon. <laughs> she was reporting back to her bosses. And this was the she was the assistant secretary of state, or as I like to say, her the ass. She was the ass <laughs> who was in charge of Ukraine. So so it would it in and you can think back, UK kind of pass the reins of world domination to the U.S., but have that underground empire, which they're happy to allow to sprout up in China. They don't care what it looks like. They don't they're not they're not racist when it comes to money. They'll take you know, they want people represented everywhere. So, yeah, I think, that's I, interesting. I think this idea of America seeming weakened is connected to the idea of individuality, of liberty, that concept being weakened opposed to collectivism, they don't want people having their own thoughts, their own rights. And by making America's model seem weak on the global stage, then you allow collectivism to emerge even more powerfully by the U.S. I don't know. I don't know, because Russia isn't. I mean, yes, he's he's a bit authoritarian, but I don't think that He's talking about decommunizing and denazifying, which are the two collectivist ideologies. I'm not saying he's doing it, but I would say that we are much we're more guilty of of that kind of stuff as it is. Well, I know. I think that so Biden, they would seem to want the same goal, which would seem like they why they pushed Russia, pushed Russia and then responded with just sanctions that they knew that was not going to do very much. It seems like everybody's working towards the same goal to me. And I don't which know which, which the great, is the great reset model, Putin. the global fascist model. So you think governance. Putin's bringing the war? I understand how like war is the health of the state, definitely. And that the pandemic war thing will be winding down just as this war thing is emerging. I can see that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we're I feel like when you look back at some of the things I was going to bring up about how they st- NATO started to really agitate that Ukraine should be part of um, uh, NATO in June. So like eight months ago, I really feel like they pushed Putin. So I really don't feel like Putin's just playing a game. He might be. He might be. But I, I don't know. I was convinced. Anyway, we've got so much to cover. Keep going. Yeah. A couple more quick points. What a great time. What perfect timing to have another global crisis, another threat to mobilize the global community around. I mean, we're winding down the pandemic and right as it's oh, totally. Down, That's exactly what I just said. I had another freaking global threat. Now, exactly is, that, is that a coincidence or well, global threat ever- that 
Everybody requires- just their mask mandates went down so they could go out and fight a war now because they no longer have the restrictions. It's ridiculous. Yes, this is totally in for the control. They, Absolutely. It's just, they, they, it's just another emergency. Not just another. I do think this is serious, but it is. I agree with you. I agree with you. I see that, too. This is also a demonstration of the new way we will be fighting wars of modern warfare. They're going to be live streamed. The whole world is going to have access to them. You eat your popcorn and watch them from your couch. And they're going to be filled with propaganda. We're literally watching leader after leader come on television and say, you need to say the message we're telling you. And you need to make sure people understand that we're winning this war. People are telling the countries are telling their publics the opposite things they are telling it on TV. They're saying you need to get access to the right, correct information. We know what that means and they are doing a world war one like mobilization i don't know if you saw the Zelensky speech that he gave or heard it last night he was saying all the businesses they need to be ready they need to mobilize all the public all the people it it, it was like hearing woodrow wilson or whoever from world war one i don't know who who was president world war one was it wilson wilson was our president world yeah where they did a call to arms a whole country from the top down sounds more like churchill yeah so I was thinking, like, good time to be a comedian president. Ha ha. Be careful what you ask for. But of course, he's an actor. Right. Yeah. No. And he was doing his speech very well. Of course, I I was just hearing the translation, but I could see him and hear him. And he speaks Russian. Russian might have been his first language. Yeah. So he he does it in Russian also. He did the speech in Russian also. Oh, yeah, he did. He's very had a flair for, for the dramatic, but he did offer veterans to anybody who's a veteran to come a call to arms for all of them. He will take sanctions away from any veterans. So he's calling everybody to join in this fight in ways they can. Very, very reminiscent of the World War yeah. One's call to arms. I thought that was interesting. And they also have, they're talking a lot about first time since World War II, really pushing the themes of World War with uh, end times. And it's it's a fascinating propaganda experiment going on on television right now. And I've never seen anything like, like it in my life. And one other interesting aspect of this is I noticed that these generals kept coming on and they're pumping this cyber rapid response team that the EU is deploying. It's a cyber rapid response team that's being deployed across Europe after a call for help from the Ukraine. It's newly formed, of course, and it is a team of 12 experts across Lithuania, Croatia, Poland, Estonia, the Netherlands, a few other countries. And it is going to be monitoring the globe for cyber attacks. This is a global EU-based cyber organization that just emerged that is now getting tested monitoring for cyber attacks because that's the new war cyber attacks and then invasion and now we have a reason for the global community to get behind one cyber rule they call it the virtual front line monica we lost you there for a moment all right so here's what this cyber virtual front line is called The NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence. That's what it's called. The NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence. And their mission is to support their member nations with unique interdisciplinary expertise in the field of cyber defense, research, training, and exercises covering the focus areas of technology, strategy, operations, and law. And they're offering this service to Ukraine, even though they're not a member, because they're testing it. They love this stuff. They love getting to test these Project. That's a good point. That's an excellent point. They do like their they do like their tests. A couple quick other quick things I noticed. The theme of we see this new technology. It's going to be man versus tank, and tank can win with a new technology being deployed. What are what? you saying about the man versus tank? They're pumping the new technology that's coming out. 
along with the coverage of the war, they're like, all right, we're going to get to try this thing, this NATO cooperative. Now, there are also going to be a lot of new technology that's been developed that's going to be rolled out. You're even going to see man versus tank and man can win. They were promoting Wow, so they've got like RoboCop. We have tons more. I want to do the deepest dive of the day. I want to get into some of this NATO stuff and Putin's speech because I didn't understand really how important this was. Did you have another point to make? I did. Did you hear Biden call Putin a pariah for the global community? He said, Putin will be a pariah for the global community with our response. We're going to make an example of him. And anybody who doesn't side with us is going to be guilty by association, which takes me back to domestic terrorism and China. Oh, I mean, like, so he could just information. Just this this gives them a broad brush to say anybody who is spreading, quote, disinformation about Russia because he focused on the misinformation stories in in his speech where he can say you're an agent of Russia. I did think when I was tweeting today, uh, some of the stuff I'm going to put in the show notes, some good resources that I used to use when I paid more attention to foreign affairs. So you want to check those out at thepropreport.com. But I did think this might be what gets me taken off of Twitter. Like, I try to be pretty circumspect on Twitter. And uh, I think just even just tweeting RT stuff, Russia Today stuff. UK is going to ban Russia Today, I think. Oh, really? I saw that they were trending on the... Yeah, I don't know. They might have already done it. But that was definitely a threat that Johnson made. So number one Google trend was? Bitcoin. I was going to say Lindsay Lohan. Uh, Bitcoin. (laughs) Where is it right now? Where is... It's crashing. It, it was tanking. I don't know what it's done. The past is it down hours. like back below 32 already? Or? 34 is where it was 34. or 35 earlier. Yeah, or something so it's, like that. it's uh, testing the lows that it hit. So it's back up again. 38 right now. All right. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So before we get to the deepest dive of the day where I do want to explore some of the what I, uh, salient or coherent anyway points that Putin made about the dangers of NATO to Russia especially in Ukraine. Um, And then I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the XR, which we are going to do something that we rarely, if ever, do. We do reserve the right to play clips in the XR portion, but we usually have so much original stuff to talk about that we don't get to that. However, it's really fascinating to hear. We have a lot of clips from back in the day when the Ukraine coup was going down. So you hear Victoria Nuland plotting the coup, the coup in her own voice. And there was a cover-up of that uh, at the time. But when you listen to the raw leak, it's pretty telling. There's no arguing. So you'll hear that in the XR. Uh, but before I want to tell you, I want to give a big shout-out to the sponsor of today's show. He didn't ask me to do this, but I'm asking you to do this for him. And I'm going to put this in the show notes as well at vote.austinchronicle.com slash shopping slash CBD purveyor. Please vote for True Hemp Science as the best CBD purveyor in Austin. Certainly my favorite CBD purveyor in Austin in the world, actually. So I love True Hemp Science products. I absolutely love them. I was having a problem with my wrist the other day and uh, I put that that like extremely heavy duty, I think it's the ultra sports rub. Literally, I put it on my, my hand, my 
wrist. I washed my hands because if you get it in your eyes or in like searing pain, I put a sock over it and I slept on it and it was completely fine the next day. I mean, that stuff is heavy duty. They have a lot of really cool skin products like that. And of course, the most fantastic CBD oil. I cannot believe that I am just such a true believer in true hemp science. I really, really am. So please check them out. And uh, that is a great way to support us and another great way to support us in a way that you can get the DNBXR every single day, the DNBXR live on video every single Thursday, and our deep dives, Binkley's deep dives exclusive to Rockfin. There, um, We post a couple of hours every month on that, but that's in addition to an hour practically every day of commercial-free extended release material so that you can get at rockfin along with the exclusive content of every other rockfin creator i mean it's really really amazing and the more of our show that you watch on rockfin the more that we get to share in the revenue of that which we really appreciate because it's what keeps us going and uh so highly recommend joining rockfin.com slash propaganda report and now on to the deepest dive of the day. So, okay. I don't, I know I've told, I've talked about this a little bit, but when Gorbachev kind of relinquished the reins of NATO, uh, of, of the USSR in the nineties, George HW Bush said that uh, made an assurance, which I believe there is some evidence of it, uh, was verbal, but I, I think there was, there is evidence of it that they the u.s would not move i think it was one inch east like the eu or the european um or nato would not move one inch east towards russia russia has a big buffer zone it was warsaw pact countries and it was like the balkans there's a whole bunch of estonia Latvia, all those poland and obviously poland because it's the warsaw pact and Clinton immediately broke that. George W. Bush continued to break that to where I think now almost all of the Warsaw Pact countries are in NATO. And I was trying to figure out, like, why is that that big a deal? You know, is NATO that aggressive? What is NATO? So it went, I think, from 16 countries to 30 countries. It existed to counter the Russian threat at the time. But Putin the other day said, I'm going to tell you something I have never said before. I never told anybody this before. And it's weird because, I mean, he was only, I think Yeltsin was the president and Putin was just a little sidekick at the time, if I'm not mistaken. But he said that he asked Clinton if Russia could join NATO. And he and and uh, Clinton basically recoiled in horror. <laughs> or what Putin said was he was cool. It was cool, but he wouldn't really get into the details. And what Putin is saying. Wait, is did that- you say Putin said Clinton was cool? Yes, reacted. That's uh, funny. He says, I will not re- reveal the details of the conversation, but the reaction to my question, let us say it was quite restrained. And the Americans' true attitude to that possibility was clear. So, oh, so cool as an icy, not cool. Like people. No, 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 no. Cool. Just cool as an icy. All right. My computer's completely. Uh, malfunctioning so i'm probably gonna have to do all of this from memory even though i did an absolute ton of research okay so what he was saying is then clinton 
Yeah, so that was that. And they continued to move forward in NATO. And now NATO's huge. And what, what he said they're doing basically is NATO and the EU are kind of becoming one. They're totally overlapping each other. And I don't know how much of the Chevron clips of Newland that you listen to, but she talks a lot about how they it was urgent for them to move Ukraine into Europe, fully a part of Europe. A part of the, and it's almost, I mean, you could think of it as mercantilism from the EU point of view, because there was a huge, if I just recall correctly, like an economic boom as those Eastern European markets opened up to Western trade while Russia was still like um, really backward industrially and couldn't meet this like insanely consumptive demand in those border countries. So, and they also moved like production there and everything. It was really like a boon for the mercantilist state. So, so, but um, so, so that's why I like keep going back and forth. Is this military? Is it political? Is it financial? You know, industrial, whatever. It's definitely not nationalistic because I on the Western part because I think that our elite gives not one fig about the people who live in the countries that they are supposedly representing. Looks like Putin may give a fig about Russians. But anyway, he goes into how what was going on with NATO. So in 2008, there was some agreement, the Brussels summit, where they made it very clear that Ukraine, that their goal was for Ukraine to become a part of NATO. And then in June of last year, I think it was Jens Stoltenberg, who's, I guess, the Grand Poobah of NATO or whatever. He's not the big general there, though. That's an American guy. So he said, oh, like, let's not forget Ukraine is going to enter NATO. And this is what I think they this is how why I think they were really trying to provoke Putin, really provoke Putin. So Putin had three things he wanted. He does not want NATO up on his border, even though some of those countries are on his border. They're already NATO. He didn't want interballistic missiles, intercontinental ballistic missiles to be too close to him. And I think that's what that leak when he talked to Obama. Remember the hot mic incident where Obama said to Medved, Medved, Med, whatever, that uh, tell Vlad if he just gives supports me here, we'll worry about the missiles after I'm elected. I'll never have another election. Remember that? Yeah. It was quite an interesting leak, right? How many hot mics do you hear? Never. And I'm sure Russia did it. And it and actually, so now we have in the record that Obama told him that we'd back off on the missiles. He made that deal with him so that he could get reelected. So we have that. And that was that's one of the things Putin wants. And the other thing is that he wanted the Russians and Ukraine to be protected by implementing the Minsk agreement, which we absolutely flatly refused to do or Ukraine. I keep saying we because he goes on to say that NATO totally, or I've read other articles too, not just what he said, but that NATO basically controls the military activity and and in a way foreign policy and posture of those countries that are member states, that they have operations in Ukraine really at the moment. They call them peacekeepers or whatever, but it's really NATO in there messing around with uh, or calling the shots. And that they, that as, um, as we so that NATO is, is not only uh, in there controlling all of those different countries, they're they're actually quite aggressive that it they act like they're a totally defensive uh, um, organization, but they're not. And he says, uh, oh, yeah. So the so I don't know who it was, but somebody blew off the INF after the U.S. destroyed the INF, which is that intercontinental 
um, nuclear nonproliferation or whatever. Uh, Putin is saying this, that we that we are developing a lot of land based weapons, a lot of um, intermediate range weapons that Ukraine and I'm going to talk about this in the in the XR Ukraine. uh, One of the three leaders that Newland picked for Ukraine is a staunch proponent of Ukraine going nuclear, having nuclear weapons capabilities and that we that. Although we claim that our that the military NATO military bases in that area are purely defensive, they're not. He says that they have that he said they they can launch Tomahawk missiles basically into Moscow in a half an hour if Ukraine were to have these facilities there. And that in Ukraine, they had they had developed something called a new military strategy. This was in March 2021. And that it is basically just preparing for hostilities with Russia, that there are NATO documents that say we would not rule out preemptive strike against missile installations. And then other NATO documents say that the number one enemy of NATO is Russia. So if you're talking about preemptive strikes and you're putting these things into place in a region, he just said it would be Ukraine would be this giant bridgehead. Now, I'm... The reason I'm focusing on what Putin is saying is that you're never going to hear it anywhere else. I'm not saying this guy tells the truth. I'm not saying he's not even colluding. I'm not saying that he's um, a pro-Russian guy. I'm saying that he's making some salient points with actual facts that can be checked about what he argues is the threat of NATO operating as a member country in Ukraine. And it seems valid. Now, is the right thing to do bombing the shit out of Kiev and all that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we tend to have our moments of belligerence and the world is coming out saying, you know, they are congressmen stuff that this this uh, hostility cannot stand. We must um, fight back with everything we've got. And I just wonder where was the world's reaction when Victoria Newland overthrew the democratically elected government of Ukraine on behalf of Western energy companies. Like, I don't remember that kind of outcry at all. And people have forgotten that history. I'll tell you a little bit more about it in the XR. Fantastic. That's fascinating stuff. This is one of the most extraordinary things that I've ever seen in my life, especially the way this is being reported on and everything going on uh, surrounding it. Do we have any shout outs today? Oh, yeah, I do have a couple of shout outs, actually. So I do want people to go to, if they wouldn't mind, austinchronicle.com slash shopping and vote for True Hemp Science as uh, the best CBD purveyor. They're the best CBD purveyor anywhere so they have to be the best cbd purveyor in austin and they're such a huge supporter of the show we love them and also james of the blackbird podcast shout out to anyone in the twin cities i'm going to start hosting meetups again in the spring when patio weather comes back keep hanging tough until then well james tell me about your shout outs and i will be happy to spread the word and thanks for being a fan and supporter and we had some strangeness going on with the stream. It, Yeah, there was some confused. For some reason, it showed up twice, and I think it confused some people. So apologies for that. It does well, my be- internet is really glitching. Yeah, I'm not sure some why reason. I don't know. Cyber attacks. So, yeah, per, maybe. Who knows? We are being <laughs> primed know. for a cyber this attack. This is the first time we've had problems. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's strange. It showed up twice for some reason. One of them is still scheduled, and that is what's confusing people. So our apologies uh, for sorry, that. Sorry, folks. Yes. But you right. guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, you can go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and check us out there. You can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and you go to propreport.locals.com and check out our, our different offerings there as well. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DMB XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you.